What do you have? I just, just like got it. I just got a cold. Like Blair has been working with kids for like the last year, and he's been sick so many times, and oh I have God. evaded it somehow. And we were just bragging way too much about how he's been sick, uh, basically every month since August, and I haven't caught it. So we were just bragging too much and didn't mm-hmm. knock on wood, and I finally got it. <laughs> the thing is, is you spend your whole life thinking when I'm in my thirties. I'll be immune to the common cold. I've Mm-mm. been getting it since I was tiny. It's fine. And then you get around tiny little germ carriers. That's- and they sneeze all over you and they like touch their – because they sneeze or maybe they cover their mouth, right? But then what they do is then they touch everything. Yes. And there's and no they, getting around it. So there's, I mean, I'm impressed that it took you this long to get sick. I guess. And every teacher there is like, Blair's like, I've been, I've had like a consistent like sinus infection happening since September. And they're like, yeah, there's like a six to eight month curve. Like you have to be around them before you get what parents have, which is this Superman immunity. Like you guys are just untouchable now. <laughs> and, it, and it takes like a really hard illness to like knock you guys on your ass for a few days. So, well, welcome he's to still our immunity there. club. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, maybe one day, but yeah, the consistency is not there yet. So I'm still like a little baby about it, but I'm on the back end of it. I don't so know. So you if have you like man flu, basically. Basically, I'm just being a big <laughs> wimp about it. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you. And thank you for doing me such a big favor today. Um, This is The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This is your Wednesday episode. Um, And here with me, because Jeff is still not here, is the one and only Dabby Crimmins, who I called in a big favor for. And (laughs) I have to tell you that I'm really anxious and intimidated by recording with you. What? You said that when you came on my podcast, which is just such an anomaly to me because you and Jeff have been podcasting together for so long. And the way I know you is through Jeff. Uh, We worked on a morning show together back in the day, and he's the one that inspired me to start my first podcast back in 2016. And when I no longer work for that morning show anymore, Jeff was the first person to you know, give me the condolences, tell me you're going to be fine and you're actually going to thrive and you're going to learn so quickly how, uh, how much, you know, money you were missing out on, how much experience you were missing out on, how much fun you were missing out on and by doing someone else's thing. And he's, so Jeff, your husband is the one that, you know, he mentored me in a lot of different ways and helped me out and inspired me to start Davi the Scapegoat, which was it's been an amazing, fun experience and super good for my confidence when it had been so shattered yes. after a while. So I, to to be podcasting with you when you guys have been doing this for so long, it's it's intense for me and especially when I'm coming off of a cold. So you were just like, do you want to do this? I was like, I don't think I can. And then you're like virtually and I'm like, okay. Sweet. Can I be in my pajamas? Can we not film it so no one will see? Perfect. Um, Totally in for this. I um, think it's funny that that is a great like 60 second because I said to Davi like, okay, I'm going to ask you for like a 60 second like description of how we know you if anyone doesn't know. And then like that was like the nicest um, 60 seconds. Here's a, Here was my version of the 60 seconds, and I should have, like, brought a clock to put myself on. Okay, here's how we know Dobby. 
All right. Jeff worked for Davi at his morning show in Atlanta that he walked away from. We were secret friends for a long time under the (laughs) table because no one could know that we were friends. So like we were sneaking away to the lake on the weekends and like being friends because we actually really liked each other, but then like not telling anyone so she wouldn't get in trouble at work. And then uh, she got publicly fired, went through something super crappy um, and was made to feel like a pretty much a giant idiot um, because and made the of scapegoat we- if you and will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and you were made the scapegoat and went through all of this stuff and this like transformative life experience in the past two years Jeff was like dude I get it I walked away from the same thing not totally the same thing because I think you had it worse because you're a woman but um, you know and then we all became friends and reconnected at one point and then you know so that's how that went so we kind of had like a secret underground friendship we did I still have like <laughs> selfies of us hanging out <laughs> that that we were like, oh, we can't post these because um, at, on Davi the Scapegoat, we talk a lot about toxic workplaces. And I think one uh, very clear thing that I learned about one of the last workplaces I was in, that uh, the toxicity was that if you interacted with anybody that quit or left or, or the got enemy. fired, they were considered, yeah, the enemy. And even people that left on good terms – I remember, but there's a lot of people in the wake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's funny because it's like maybe if you have like one or two people that things didn't work out with, like I would say, you know, with Chef and radio, so dramatic because you have all these big personalities and there's everybody's kind of like fighting for the same piece of the pie because there's not enough pie for everyone. So you're having to be like super scrappy and just not care about anyone else only care about yourself because it's an industry that's struggling and you want to stay in the game and then when you get ahead a little bit then you want to you know like get more ahead and i totally just had an adhd moment and can't remember <laughs> what you what is the last thing you said what did you say uh, i i we were just talking about how you can't like associate oh, yeah, with the enemy. the enemy anymore yeah But there's like this whole – so it's, you know, I I would say in Jeff's whole entire career, like radio career of, you know, 30 years, that he has one, one person that he would never – he has – I mean, the show you were on, like he certainly doesn't care for that person. He doesn't like – they're not going to talk or be friends again. (laughs) But I would say the only real person that there's drama with is the show that he had his name on and, and that will, he will never talk to again. We will never have good blood. There will never be good energy in that relationship ever again. I can say that for sure. Um, And in the show that you left, everybody's the enemy, like everybody that left. And it's funny because there's just kind of like, Oh, we left the show and now we are all, cool and everybody who's not on the show is friends and everyone who is isn't so you know it's just one of those things that you know you get in trouble if you were hanging out with us but you were like I don't want to call you a double agent because you were but you were just like (laughs) I like you why am I gonna not talk to you well I always thought growing up that that kind of drama stayed in high school but that's certainly not the case when it comes to radio I don't know about other corporate atmospheres but certainly when it comes to radio I thought my idea of radio is I'm networking I'm going to these conferences I'm going to these boot camps and I'm meeting everybody but then I went to the boot camp and it was like oh no we don't talk to them because that'll make boss you know what it's not radio side-eyed (laughs) <laughs> it's like just I, you know it's something unfortunately that I've learned in my adult life that people it doesn't stop 
Like the mm. cycle doesn't stop. And the reason that they're kid bullies is because there are grown up bullies raising them. And yep. there's a couple of, you know, there's like rude people in the world, but then there's just like straight up nasty people and bullies. And I had someone, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. So I was a blogger member for like five mm-hmm. seconds. Um, and <laughs> you get invited to this stuff as you did in radio. And it's like these openings or these dinners or these whatevers. And it's basically um, brands and or people starting brands to, you know, form relationships and get them, you know, talking about whatever it is that you're promoting. So I get invited to this like dinner party thing. And it was with a bunch of bloggers that I didn't know. I mean, I knew like maybe of them. I wasn't, I was friends with one person. Um, and, you know, we went together. And it was really uncomfortable, like very snotty for sure. And I definitely didn't feel like I fit in, but I was like, you know what? I'm here and I'm trying to, you know, support this other blogger. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood, whatever. And, um, but it was like, yeah, it was just really weird. And I had a corporate job at the time and we went around the table saying what we did. And I was the only one that was like, okay, so I have a corporate job and it's great because I have my benefits paid for and, you know, X, Y, Z. And they all looked at me like, oh my God, you're not a full-time blogger. Like, who are you? Which is funny because I think that, you know, it, anyways, no, I'm not going to be mean and do that. But my point (laughs) is I left and then I had someone tell me, be like, Hey, the host of that party said that you were a pity invite and that you like weren't supposed to be there. And you know, you only got a pity invite because your friends was so-and-so. And And I'm like, what's the point? But how much of that was true and how much of that was just another mean girl or mean guy, someone in the industry trying to like knock you off your A game. Cause the thing is you went in there and you're like, I'm very grateful for this other thing that I have that makes doing this a little more comfortable because blogging, like you can, you can make money with that certainly, but having freaking health insurance is the reason a lot of people stay in toxic jobs for so long because it is just such a nice little comfy hammock to to it's know the best hammock yes and like they were all going oh you're not in it 110 percent like people right. like to look at that right. as like a lack of drive because you have uh your eggs in a few different baskets or you're wearing a few different hats yeah. it's like you're not a hundred percent in this so you're not as committed as the rest of us. So we have to like humble you and knock you down a few pegs when in actuality you were just being responsible. And it's like corporate America is haggard. We are all like just (laughs) crawling along like Leo DiCaprio and the Revenant. Just like, I gotta, I gotta hide in a bear to stay warm this year. That's how freaking devastating this is going to be. And they didn't like they, they, maybe they didn't like that. So like how much of that was true and how much of that was someone that was like, this B word needs to be humbled and well, they need and to bring you down. Well, either way, it's kind of like it doesn't matter because the point is the mean never stops. You Mm-mm. just have to have to pick your people and surround yourself with people and realize that there are people in the world that don't, you know, thrive on that. And I do think sadly that a lot of – adult bullies. And, you know, for anybody that's listening to this with their kids who might be having a hard time in school, I'm not telling you that the bullying never stops. It does. I'm saying after you get into your real life and away from the school you have to go to or that your parents make you to go to or, you know, your district makes you go to or whatever, like you get to pick what kind of environment you're on. Mm-hmm. So, or you're in. So if you're in a situation where, 
you, you know, like I was in that situation at that dinner party with the mean people or whatever. Like, did it feel good? No. Did I feel like a pit in my stomach of like, oh my gosh, I feel like such a loser? Yeah. Did I get to choose to never be in the same room with any of those people again and to make friends that don't make me feel like that? Hell yeah. And that's worth waiting for. So I know people, you know, listen to our show, like with their kids or their teenagers in their car, like it gets better and you get to choose it. Like, so get excited about that. It absolutely does. And I think for kids, it's like, when you think about it, a week was like a year for us. You know, like when you were a kid and you were getting picked on, you were like, this is forever. This will never stop. It's been going on for a week. So this is my life. And everything was just so devastating. And I just learned, yes, it does get better. And adulthood can be so great. And I I feel like sometimes these talks that I have about corporate America, uh, a lot of people will go, well, that sounds paranoid or that sounds like you're too guarded. And I'm like, no, I am just begging kids and, uh, you know, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, like everybody that's going to go into the workforce don't be naive because sometimes that person that's telling you, hey, this person said something nasty about you, you can go, oh, I'm safe with them. They want to protect me. They're saving me. The They're giving me that information. And that's not always the case. And that's not paranoia and, and guarded like that. You There's a healthy guard that you need to yeah. have about yourself. And, and you also trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of parents are doing a great job of teaching their children to gravitate towards where they feel warm and where they feel safe and where they feel comfortable. And I think if someone – Instead of what looks flashy and cool and – because the truth is I think you'll never – do you ever watch Gossip Girl? Did you ever watch that? I didn't, but I I remember reading one of the books in high school and was like, oh, my God, is this how life is? And I'm like, just in New York, just with these trust fund kids in New York, I don't need to worry about this. This ain't going to be me. Right, like this is not – no. But one of the things in there is like you – like there will be people that you will just never fit in with. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, it's fine to not fit in with those people. And I think one thing I learned too is that you get to, like, the way that you build your own energy mm-hmm. is what attracts you after you get out of, like, high school and stuff like that. Cause I don't know if you can learn the lesson that early, but, like, you know, there, there was a, a, what I call like a mean girl at, at work. And she wasn't, directly mean to me it was kind of just like maneuvered behind the scenes of like making things harder for me at work Mm -hmm. but I remember you know thinking she was being really nice to me one day and I realized that the reason she was being nice to me is because her way of engaging was to talk bad about other people and she made a comment about someone else's hair and I remember having like the distinct like I it it was 20 20 seconds but it felt like a lifetime yeah where I was like I can have a road here I can either join this person that I don't get warm and fuzzies that I'm honestly kind of scared of, that I don't, whatever. And I can try to, you know, be buddy-buddy with them and talk crap about someone else, even though I know it's not going to make me feel good. And for the rest of the day, I'm going to be like, man, why did I say that? Because that's not how I feel. Or I can say, or I cannot participate in it. And I said to her, and I've never done this before age 35, I said, yeah, I think her hair looks great, actually. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm going to take a different road. And she road. never talked about anyone bad in front of me ever again because she knows that I'm not going to participate. And that's kind of like you – so you do – you attract stuff. And I was talking to a friend this week about, 
you know, there was unfortunately like um, a student at UGA this week that died by suicide. I don't know if you saw that Mm. um, in the AJC. And I, you know, it was a good reminder for me. And I said to my friend, I'm like, one thing I want to teach my kids, my girls, like hardcore and be annoying about it is (laughs) one, you always belong at home. Mm -hmm. You always belong in this house. Um, and anyone that walks through this front door, like your friends or whatever, maybe they don't belong at their house. They belong here. This mm-hmm. is their place. They're safe here. And number two is that things always get better. Even mm-hmm. when they feel like they're rock bottom, they literally always get, always do. And that's a promise. Mm-hmm. Things never just continually get worse and worse and worse and worse. They do get better. So you can't see it right now. Maybe you can't see the light, but they will. They'll get yeah. better. Things will look up and you'll look back and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is actually way better. When you did uh, your episode on Davi the Scapegoat, which you can find the whole thing, the whole interview with Callie Dollar on Davi the Scapegoat Plus, but you, I asked you what your phrase, what your mantra was for the year, and you said. (laughs) You were strong, you were brave, you were kind, and you always belong here. You always belong here. And I was like, I love that because sometimes – You'll just be sitting there going, I don't think, I don't think these people want me around. Yeah. And then you could even ask them for clarification and be like, are we cool? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm only mean to you because I like you. And you're like, huh, interesting. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> like, that's, that's wild. And, and you then, start to feel crazy yourself, yeah. too, because you're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, but, but your, body, your body is telling you. If you belong somewhere, it really does. Like if you feel more tired, if you feel more exhausted, if you feel tense, if you like the, and and I managed to use these feelings uh, and monetize them in a way. Like I managed to make being the odd person out with this group of really cool, flashy people. I managed to be the weird one and, and make that work. And honestly, it worked for them, too. If I've heard anything after leaving that last show is that people were like, it's not good anymore because they don't have that element of outsider that they needed to keep them grounded and relatable. And I'm like, oh, that's the best compliment is that uh, people that were like, I didn't even agree with you most of the time. Sometimes your opinions drove me crazy, but Mm -hmm. I needed to hear it. Because you were that other voice that I don't have access to in my life. Like, you are not a person that I have within arm's reach. And I needed someone like you to keep me it, human. Like, it, it, you were that so little dose of humanity. Set your table. Set your table with people who aren't like you. Yes. And I think that's what makes life really cool. Like, it really is. Set the table with people that you can learn stuff from, that are smarter than you, that have something different to offer, even if it's not someone that you want to, like, chill on the couch with and have, you know, give them the door code to your house all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what makes you a cool person is just knowing people and knowing people's experiences outside of your own. And, you know, I think it's good for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That went really deep, really fast. Yeah, we really did. We went, we went hard. We went we hard. We went but, hard right into it. I'm trying to be here and be the Jeff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's always got a good way of looking at things from the other side 
of the coin and, 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 you know, being really introspective about it and making you be appreciative and grateful for all the things. So I'm trying to be the perfect co-host for you today and, oh, you're the and best. fill in Jeff's, you know, big shoes. So, so how's he doing? He's okay. He's well, he's annoyed because nobody wants to spend the night in the hospital. You know what I mean? Some people do maybe, maybe they need like a respite or something, but he doesn't want to like be there and you're holed up and they, you know, they come and check on you every five minutes as part of their job. So you're not getting great sleep. You've got, you just feel kind of stuck in there. So he feels stuck right now. Now what happened is Jeff has like this heart thing called SVT and it's really routine. It's very common for people. And basically the way that is the best way it's been described to us is like, you know, when your iPhone starts like slowing down or you're like, what is going on? It was more popular, I think in the early 2000s, but you like do a hard reset. So you like turn the whole thing off and then turn it back on or like your computer. And then it's like, okay, now we are kind of like woken up and we're fine. It's like Jeff's heart. And it happens like once every couple years where his heart gets out of rhythm. Mm. And usually at home, you can like dip your head, like stick your head in a bowl of ice water and all this stuff and try to get it back to beating normally. Put Jeff in um, a bowl of rice. Right? In a bowl of rice. <laughs> it's his bowl of rice. So he sticks his head in a bowl of rice. And then usually that helps. Uh, this time he needed like iPhone repair to come in mm. because his heart rate was up to like 230 or something. Okay, which so that's bad. Mine and yours is like probably like 87, 80, like something like that. Yeah. His is like – yeah, his was like 220-something, and when I oh I God. had both our kids, and when I dropped him off at the emergency room, because we knew they needed like a medical reset, which they can do, um, so the medical reset is like the quote-unquote paddles. They're like oh my just God, little stickers now. Oh, my God, he to actually do that? Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. So they like stick stickers on your thing. They're not the hardcore Grey's Anatomy paddles yeah. anymore, but they're like the stickers, and then mm. they like jolt your heart while you're awake, and Does you're there. Does it hurt? And, he said he screamed. Oh, <laughs> so okay, I'm glad that answers I was that. Um, but he said it wasn't like it was painful. It was just I think it must be like having the wind knocked out of you. Probably you're like, like yeah. you're just I don't know. But so he had to go do that. So he did that, and then our deal was because some people get this. It happens once in their lifetime. And they're fine. It can't kill you. It can only kill you if you pass out while you're having this episode and hit your head or something. Okay. It's just not fun because you feel like you're running a marathon, so it's physically exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. So he walks in the ER and he's like stumbling into the ER and he's sweating and he – I mean he looks like he just ran a marathon. So um, the deal was – our deal was because they said to us, this may happen once. This may happen. You know, some people get it once. Never happens again. May happen once every 10 years. May be more frequent. There's a procedure you can do that we can get in there into your heart and make this go away forever. Mm. And Jeff being like medically scared, he's like, no, 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 no. Like I don't want to do anything I don't have to do on my heart. Um, But he was like, okay, if this happens like three times in 10 years, I'll get it done. And yesterday we had to pack the girls up or whenever that happened. I have no concept of what day it is. But Sunday <laughs> we put the girls in the car. I had to help Jeff in the car. And he's just like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I don't want to – this mm. sucks and we have two kids and like thankfully I was at home. But like what if I wasn't and he was there with, you know, like our kids are too young to like know how to handle that. Uh, so he's getting the heart procedure thing done. Okay. They go through your leg. There's no bad yeah. news, honestly. Yeah. But they, like, have to test you for all this stuff before you can do that. 
and the testing, it's not like you're in one place and you like get in a list and whatever. It's like, you know, you go to one department for this and then another for this and whenever they have an opening. So they're puzzle piecing together the openings. We've gotten no bad news. He's going to get this procedure at some point. We don't know when he'll, he'll, he's been in the hospital a couple of days and he'll probably be there. And he's just annoyed that he's still there, but he's fine. But that's a good, I know it's like a a heavy and scary decision to make and it's probably expensive. The worst thing about going to the hospital is they wheel you into all these different rooms to do all these different tests. And then for over a year, I went to the ER one time for over a year, I just kept getting bills and I'd be like, (laughs) I already paid this one. And they're like, no, this is for the other room. And I'm like, what the heck so and then I remember having to go to the ER a second time and a lady came in because I was like getting very sick like throwing up a lot and a lady came in was like I'm gonna bring you some ginger ale and crackers I was like can I just Venmo you under the table for them and she's like what do you mean and I was like I don't want to get a bill from the cafeteria for a couple saltines and some ginger ale I don't put the Schweppes like 1550 yeah I was like like so much monies I was like can I just like I'll Venmo you right now what's your what's your at and she's like you don't have to do this. I was like, I'm just saying, if you send me a bill in a year and a half, I'm going to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown because you got, you know, this, this machine and then this machine and then the, and, well, and, and yeah, you you're up all night your own with the pills. Beeping. You're you up can't. all night beeping and you can't take your own pills. So like he wanted to sleep last night and I was like, do you want me to just like sneak you Ambien under the table? Because they won't let you just take your own drugs in a hospital. Like you have to order them. But I'm like, I bet that bill is going to be like $200. So much. Yeah. Um, And I didn't sneak it. Like he took, you know, he took hospital Ambien. But um, yeah, it's just like it. you know that it's going to be I, – I think we're going to hit our deductible because I just had the baby also. So this is good. Like where good. I'm oh, – at this, this point, I'm like, then. what can you get done? Yeah. Else? Give me some extra saltines. Bring them. <laughs> Bring Stack me two up. ginger ale. I want to have two. <laughs> I want a Jenga all the saltines. Like, I can afford it. We can afford it now, babe. Snacks <laughs> for days. Sneak some in your purse. Let's take yeah. them home. We'll have a feast. Tomorrow we're going to have, like, the best snack ever. That deductible um, is so nice, man. I had a I had a surgery, and then Blair got some allergy testing done, and we didn't have to pay for any of it. And he was like, ah. And I was like, but I had to pay for my surgery. You know, like, like this surgery is what right. got us over that deductible, and now you're just, like, having all that fun with, you know, testing oysters and fish and all kinds of stuff <laughs> yeah, on it, what itches now, you know. So, But it is nice when you hit that. That's another thing about adulthood, that deductible. You hit that, you're like, man, okay, what else do I need to get? I actually found myself (laughs) on the other day on the insurance website seeing, like, what exactly is covered because I'm like, well, I'm paying by it for the month and I'm paying out of pocket for the whole thing, so it's really expensive. So I'm like, hey, I'm paying all this money. If I have my deductible and I don't have to pay any extra, what else can we do? Yeah. What can, what can we do? I probably need to like my set up a price. <laughs> yeah, my, my finger. My finger hurts. <laughs> I, I haven't had moles checked in like 10 years. Maybe yeah. I'll go do that. Sky's the limit. I don't know. Um, but you'll see me in your local doctor's office have fun for with the rest it. of the year. Um, Jeff's nurse. So he was he was in the ER and his nurse, like we are obsessed with nurses because they're the fun ones uh, that tell you all the like cool stuff. And um, his nurse was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Because my friend and I, she's she's married, but one of her girlfriends, they pack two suitcases each, right? She They pack a warm suitcase and a cold suitcase. And one morning, they get on and whatever flight is available within their price range, that's what they book. Like they essentially go to the Stunning. airport. That's so – that's my dream. Like I've seen videos of couples doing this and I'm like, you guys are so flipping cool. 
Like, I okay, here's my question though, Davi. Why are we not doing that? Because we know. both work for ourselves. We could do that. Yeah, but you got babies in tow. Like I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. Okay, so say that I drop my kids off with my parents. Here's oh. what I've and I blame my ADD for like a lot of stuff, right? But I feel like the daunting part is, okay, well, which flight in our price range should we take? And then which mm. – and then what if I don't pay the – like I think I just – you know, it's a fun idea. And then I think about kid logistics and like, you know, okay, how many days are we going to be gone? When are we going to come back? What do I need to pack? All this stuff. And then that loses the moment and then I'm done. But like mm. I want to be like her. I want to do that. It's such – it's you're so free-spirited and cool to me. Like where – we need to be friends with more of these women. So, like, get those nurses info. Like, get their photos. <laughs> Let's tell them. Be like, excuse me, want- would you like plus two? <laughs> Can we hang out with you guys? And then And nurses have rich, the best stories, too. Like, they have all those do. ER stories where you're like, what claw clips can get impacted in my scalp? Are you kidding me? Tell me the- more. My One of my nurses, when I was in the hospital having Olivia, uh, she used to work at Grady. And Grady is like level one trauma. So if you mm-hmm. get hurt, like really badly hurt in the Southeast, you're going to Grady. Like they're flying you in. They're doing – like Grady is like legit. So that's where all the crazy stuff happens because mm-hmm. they have the ability to handle it. And like the team is so smart there. Um, and I was like, oh my god. Did you see stuff that you never could have even dreamed that you would see? And she's like, yeah, pretty much. It's like you don't know what's walking in the door and then it's like – someone's got a, you know, metal rod coming out of their side, but they're uh, talking to us. And it's yeah. like, I mean. Just talking like nothing because that adrenaline kicks it. And then I'm like, okay, uh, did you take pictures and can I see them? <laughs> and I think that's illegal. Like they're not allowed to share that information. They can tell me, but they can't tell me who or where or when or anything. So, Have like, you ever had a medical procedure and had them and asked somebody like where you've had something taken off or removed? Yeah. Have you ever – did you ask them to see it? I okay. Uh, yes, like when they took my wisdom teeth and I was coming out of it, and they're like, "Oh, we're having a hard time waking you up." Like, I guess I I get hit with uh, anesthesia like hard. Yeah. So they're like, "We're having a hard time waking you up," and I'm like, "What? That's crazy," you know. And they're <laughs> they're like, you know, test it. They're like, "What's your phone number?" And I was like, gave them my address by accident. Just all kinds of goofy stuff. And they were trying to like reach out to who was my ri- my ride, and they were missing. So it was this whole thing. And then they were like. So we got your teeth. Do you want them? And I was like, ew. Yes. Wait, so did you get to laughing. take them home or did you I, just get to see them? I got to keep my teeth. So I still have them and I plan on like making them <laughs> into some kind of art someday. And that, you know, that that was like, what was that? Like 15, 20 years ago. And I'm like, one of these days this is going to be a ring and a necklace, I swear. But you know that um, you can buy stuff like that. People sell stuff like that on Facebook Marketplace. I know. I could get like 200 teeth for like 200 bucks. <laughs> like the stuff that I saw that. I was no, like, what could- the heck? You could make it. You could make your own teeth into your art. And then sell. And then you could list it on Facebook. Or at this point, I mean, honestly, not going to lie with the way the economy is and how weird we're finding out that people are, you could probably start an OnlyFans account and sell your teeth. Sell my teeth. Yep. Fart in a jar. Sell that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, the stuff. I'm like, you know, we're really underestimating ourselves. and We're not doing enough. There's We're so not- much hustle to be had, Callie. And look at us just sitting here blabbing into microphones. We could be farting in jars right now. We could be 
cutting off our toenails and putting them in the mail <laughs> and sending them to someone and living in million dollar homes. Like, it's what are we doing else. with our life? I don't know. Uh, we were talking about the nurses having, and now we're on farting in jars and selling our teeth. Like, I don't know. Uh, I know when you get something like biopsy, they don't let you keep that, right? Like, they don't you can't let you keep, keep it. your appendix or like like a, a polyp. <laughs> like, like, I had a polyp, polyp cut out of like when we were going through fertility treatments. I had a polyp cut out of like my cervix, I think. And I didn't get to keep it, but I did ask to see it. I do want to look at it. I'm like, when am I ever going to see the inside of my body? Like, come on, that's cool. Have you ever been like, you know, going out like the like it's all kicking in, you're going to sleep, and then someone recognizes you? (laughs) Like they're like, oh, you're Callie from the upside, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm spread eagle on this table. Yes, (laughs) and you're about to go up and check out my cervix right now. (laughs) (laughs) That that happened when, um, but with Jeff, like, oh my gosh, I used to listen to Jeff on the radio. I'm like, well, enjoy the show. (laughs) Um, I am really, and it was funny because it was great. I am, I have discovered over the past year that I am a golden retriever and I need that like personal bond or whatever. So when she was like, oh my gosh, Dollar, like I used to listen to Jeff Dollar on the radio. I'm like, yeah, that's my husband. Here's my naked butt. Like, yep. <laughs> um, but it kind of just makes me feel more comfortable in a weird way. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's because I'm like, oh, we have something in common and we have common ground. And that little golden retriever in me is like, is like, like me, like me, like me. Let's talk. Let's be <laughs> friends. Let's have a drink after this. So, the, like, yeah, the it's a little awkward, but also it, when you're in the fertility setting, like if I were giving birth in the middle of the street with like a bunch of random strangers, that would be worse. But someone whose job it is to ultrasound mm. people yeah. all day, like she see, she's, she's seen, seen some, stuff. some stuff. Yeah, and they have to be professional about it. I mean, I was, I was there. I was getting a – What's it called? Like an endoscopy, I think. Uh, they, they're, you know, they're, is that where they put a camera in you? There's a camera. They go, they go through your belly button and then up your, you know. So can you feel that? No, I'm out. Like I'm totally oh, okay. out. But like they wheeled me in and I'm naked under all these blankets and then like I'm starting to go out and I hear and uh, my doctor is like, "All right, Davi, you're gonna be just fine." And she is the coolest. But then I hear somebody go, "Davi." Like Dobby from and I was like, "Oh f!" <laughs> and everybody started laughing, <laughs> and she's like, uh, "I love you." And then I went to sleep, but I'm sitting there. I woke up and was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna tell everybody about my broken coochie." And then I'm like, <laughs> "But I'm gonna tell everybody about my broken coochie, <laughs> like, like so, next week on the like, show." So it's fine. <laughs> she basically just got a sneak peek of what's coming yeah, next like, on the show. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> That was so funny. You've been going to sleep your whole life, right? And maybe you've never stopped to develop proper sleep habits that can help you get the best night's sleep possible. Well, the time is now to learn how to sleep really well. And I've been doing it over the past couple of years with really super comfortable sheets and an eye mask and the Hatch Restore. We use the Hatch Noise Maker um, in our house. We use it for our girls and we also use it for us. But it's so much more than just a noise maker. It is a device that teaches your body when it's time to 
to sleep or wake up with nighttime and morning routines so you can prioritize rest. With Hatch Plus, you can access exclusive content like Pillow Talk, which is a new audio series designed to entertain you to go to sleep. Pillow Talk helps you wind down with the types of TV shows you love from true crime to sports, but without the screens that hurt your healthy rest. And here's another thing it does. In the morning, Hatch wakes you up gently with a sunrise alarm and you can set it so the light comes on first and then your alarm sound comes on 15 to 30 minutes later. Great sleep can be learned with Hatch. 83% of customers report improved sleep. They have a 60-night money-back guarantee, so you can try it for yourself risk-free. There is nothing to lose here. Right now, Hatch is offering upside listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash upside. Visit hatch.co slash upside to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash upside. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kiddo will love at every stage they are in. It starts with baby food. It goes all the way through to your toddlers and your big kids. The food is healthy. It is delicious. They have hidden vegetables. Um, When Ellie was a baby, we used the baby blends with her, like the baby food. Then we transitioned over to the biteables, which is like early finger foods and smoothies, which she still loves. And then they transition into lunchers and snacks, which you can just throw them in your kid's lunchbox. Easy done. You don't have to think about it. And it's all healthy and comes right to your door for whatever stage that your kid is in. And you can change it up if you have a kid that likes to try new things or like our kid, you can stick to what you know and order the same smoothies that you get every time. No shame in that. So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu, I change up what I order, um, but I also order Ellie's favorites. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. I love it. My kids love it. Grandparents love it. It's a huge win-win-win for our family and it can be for yours too. Simplify your kiddos mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash upside30 and enter our code upside30 at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Here are your random things for today. Your first random thing for today is that the average salary in the US in 2024, Davi, any guesses? The average average, salary um, in the United States, I'm going to say it is (laughs) not great because... (laughs) Seems like America is not taking care of their people these days. Uh, average salary, I'm going to say 70000 Okay, 59384 oh, And here's so what I'm wondering, nice. because that actually when I look at it, I'm like, oh, 60000 That's pretty good. That's, I think, Callie thinking right out of college of like, mm-hmm. oh, because so, I was making, I think my first job was like, I was making like $35,000 a year oh, that's or something. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was like 28. I know Jeff at one point was making $16,000 a year. It, well, radio is <laughs> radio is nasty. Like when but you he, look at it and you're like, I worked there for how long? And it was entry level like position money. Like that. Okay. So it was $16,000. And he lived in a, he thought it was cool because they gave him housing, quote unquote. Like mm-hmm. gave him housing. And when you're 19, this is fabulous. That's I mean, huge. this is like luxury. And he lived above a bar. And it was a place where all the apartments shared a bathroom. Oh and my the guy God. next to him had a piranha <laughs> tank that Jeff was like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. And like he would come and go for like weeks at a time. And that was – but he was like, I am living the dream. I am dropping out of college. I am doing radio. I'm getting paid to do radio. And I'm living above a bar I for free. above a bar next to a guy with piranhas. <laughs> 
That is pretty cool. Come on. That sounds like a sitcom that I want to watch. It's but like the dark Big Bang Theory, like very yeah. dark. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. But I'm like, man, 60,000, like I – like how – if the average is 60,000, that means 50% of people are making less. How are we affording eggs and uh, our groceries and, you know, deli meat? Because that's We're the most not. expensive thing I'm buying right now. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll charge this and figure out a way to pay for my, you know, Publix brand turkey later. Yep, and everything's inflation. Everything's getting more expensive, but our salaries are getting worse and worse. How is this <laughs> Seems happening? like, I don't know. Yay, America. <laughs> <laughs> Your second random thing for today is that the top dog breeds have been released. Um, top dog breeds, there's seven of them. Uh, number one is French Bulldog, which mm. I feel like those always get stolen. They get stolen a lot because they're the top dog, number breed. One dog yeah, breed. Yeah, it's been going on for a while, especially in – around Atlanta and Buckhead. Like if you have a French bulldog, I've seen so many women that are like, I just went into Starbucks for two minutes and left my dog tied up outside in Buckhead. And I'm like, that dog is gone. And I'm too anxious to tie my dog yeah. out front of anywhere. Yeah. Um, but my yeah. dogs are too anxious to be tied up outside anywhere. I <laughs> and can't my dogs them. are too anxious. Like Sadie would pull Sadie would be tied to like the Starbucks fence and then would be like scratching to get away <laughs> and she's such a tank that she would probably pull the whole she would drag like the thing <laughs> and then Lily would have teeth showing like growling at everybody and probably barking and causing chaos uh they wouldn't do it what about I love yours? your dogs when I was over there and I was like petting Sadie and I was just like rubbing her head and you're like she's great just don't touch her ears and I was that's all I was doing and I looked down at her face and she's just got those big shaky eyes like, like stop touching my freaking ears and I was like I'm so sorry dogs ears are my favorite thing in the world they're number so one soft. they're so soft. so soft um number one French bulldog number two Labrador retriever number three golden retriever number four German shepherd my personal favorite uh, number five, poodle. I, I, I've never seen like a actual poodle, but I feel like it's all the oodle people, the doodle mm-hmm. people. Oh, doodle. Uh, yeah. Like the, one. um, yeah, there's a lot of doodles going on. You can doodle anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number six, bulldog and number seven, beagle, uh, which is Jeff's favorite dog. Um, and then your third random thing for today. I actually do have three. Sometimes we have two. Sometimes we have five. I don't know if every state does this, but bless Georgia for doing this. Um, so they release the license plates every year that they reject, which is funny to me because people actually pay to have this stuff on their on their car tag. <gasps> oh God, I love these. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. I'm like you, brilliant. I can't believe they rejected it. Like they caught it because it's like I could read it three times and be like, I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. I don't get it. And like, then I'm like, is- oh, that's so <laughs> clever. I would like it to be my job to go through license plates and approve or deny and let some slip through and be like, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. One of them, die Bama. Okay. That's just um, mean. Is that a sports thing, I guess? It's just – It's, it's just, a Georgia fan. That's like kind of ominous. This one yeah. I don't really get why. Um, R.I.P. XXXT. What's that? Uh, is it just because it says oh, R.I.P.? is it like that rapper XXX Tentacion? That that guy passed away. Maybe it's just oh, they shouldn't reject that. Then oh. that's a tribute, right? Like people have like Eagles license plates and stuff yeah. like that. Like, people have like celebrity license plates. 
I mean, that's um, all. It might be something else, but that's all I can think of. No, I'm clearly years. out of the out of the loop. Okay, so that's like a person. Uh, Trapco. <laughs> Trapco. <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> ATL Ho, but Ho is spelled H A U X. Nice. Ooh, that's so fancy. That's like when people say Target. I like that. I would have allowed that one. That's a good one. Um, one of them is a play on Wu Tang. Um, one this one I don't understand. Man eater. Why would they reject that? That's just we should we should all strive. That's goals. <laughs> That's just- one of them is, and I'm not gonna say it out loud because you know I, I I can't say it without making people mad. But I'll spell it out, and then you can you can write it. Okay. This one just brings me joy. G D M. R G H T. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That that's so that just remind that feels like a character on King of the Hills license plate, you know? Doesn't it? That's Dale's license plate. <laughs> I love it. I also wish you could pick like, you know, where did this come from? Like, did this well, never mind. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, the next one, this is very Georgia. It's a very Georgia rejection. Demonic. Oh, all right. Um, also rejected slime. <laughs> Why? Slime is huge right now. Kids love making slime. Is that like a code word for something bad? Oh, damn it. Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to look Maybe it's on nasty. <laughs> I got flagged on TikTok the other day because I did the drooling face. Like my friend posted this bomb pasta recipe and I did yeah. the drooling face. Like so hungry. That looks delicious. Yeah. The drooling face is not a drooling face. Just so what you is know. It? We're, well, it's nasty. It yeah. Like, oh, is it? It's like. It's sexual. I send so that all the time. I do too. And I didn't know that I was being, I didn't know I was uh, flirting so scandalously with all of my friends. <laughs> like TikTok was like, you have been flagged. You will lose your flipping account if you do this drooling face again. And I'm like, totally innocent. But Gen Z has ruined the emojis. I, I seriously <laughs> use it all the time, like for food. I had no idea. It's Good thing for drool. me, most of my friends are millennials, so they probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just so don't use it with the kids. I just won't talk to my younger friends anymore because you guys think I'm weird. My uh, personal favorite, ooh people. Ooh people is good. <laughs> I did see that one online. I was like, why was that rejected? Like, especially with Atlanta, you're in so much traffic and you're so yeah. sad and despondent and you're like, will I ever get home? Oh, I would rather die than sit here another five minutes. And then you look at the car in front of you and it says, you people. And you're like, <laughs> that just you made just my laugh. day. We yeah. need license plates. They should put like, you should actually be paid in the state of Georgia or in the city of Atlanta to put funny stuff on your license plate yeah. to make other people laugh. Yes. I feel like that would cut down on the road rage, road rage like incidents. I think now, so. I'll tell you something, and and to our producer, Jessica, you're going to have to bleep this out. Don't let it go, like, on the show. But I'll tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> that I don't understand that one that these get rejected, and I will tell you legitimately 100%. And for anyone that wants to know what's behind the bleep, send me a DM, and I'll tell you, or Davi can tell you, um, <laughs> because she'll know. But I just can't say it on here. His license plate. I lived across from this guy for, like, three years. Jeff and I did. His license plate state of georgia was <gasps> i'm glad he's a fan you know 
That's but nice. Like, how Thanks does for the that support, get sir. through? Like, yeah. does a person that rejects stuff off that day, like, and they have an intern <laughs> who's like, okay, yeah, that, okay, that's fine. Don't know what that means. Um, that, I mean, and I had to look at that, and I did. He always parked his car outside, but I noticed he would always back his car into the driveway. Wow. And I figured maybe because you live like you know it's like a suburban townhouse like <laughs> but how do you drive he's like i'm proud of it in the streets but not at home i want to be respected <laughs> when right. i get to my address i want to be respected here but in, a, the, in a, these a streets in public yeah. and a gentleman in the neighborhood <laughs> yes it's like the opposite of what luda wanted you know like, right exactly um davi thank you so much you are amazing and i just love you and do you want to tell everybody where they can find you what are you doing now tell tell everybody what 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 your deal is this was super fun thanks for having me and i would love it if people would come and find me follow me everywhere listen to my podcast davi the scapegoat you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and look up davi the scapegoat plus if you want to get access to the exclusive content that nobody else gets. Uh, I'm on social media all the time. I'm doing a lot on TikTok right now because I'm very bored. Uh, Look up at Davi Crimmins, D-A-V-I-C-R-I-M-M-I-N-S, and you can see me venting in my bathroom at at your convenience, right in the palm of your hand, whatever you want. And I also do comedy around town, so you've probably caught me around town hosting a karaoke night or just doing comedy with some of my good friends. And I'm booking more shows this year. So just check DaviCrimmins.com slash tour and I'll have some shows coming up for you. And we always have a really good time. I love hanging out with the Atlanta community and surrounding communities and making y'all laugh. That's what I live for. So please come and find me and follow me because I am one of those sad comedians that desperately need your validation. So follow me and we'll have <laughs> go fun. Validate, go validate. Go yeah. validate, Dobby. We're just a bunch of attention. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jessica, if you have to bleep that again. <laughs>